Welcome. This is our weekly devotional, and I want to look at Leviticus. As I read through Leviticus this week, this verse in 19.1, and then the rest of the chapter stood out to me. The Lord said to Moses, speak to the entire assembly of Israel and say to them, be holy because I, the Lord your God, am holy. And that's one way to summarize the life of the believer. We're called to be holy because the Lord your God is holy. And the use of that phrase, the Lord your God, you should pay attention to whenever you read it, bringing together those two terms for God. So what does it mean to be holy? Now, the rest of the chapter lays that out, and it's interesting to unwind what, which parts of this are the ceremonial law, which parts of this are the moral law for all humans. But either way, there's a principle, even in the ceremonial aspects, which say, which point us towards holiness, that we can understand the principle behind them and how it still applies. So it begins with, each of you must respect your mother and father. You must observe my Sabbaths. And again, I am the Lord your God. So why? Why begin with this fifth commandment? And then the fourth commandment. Well, these are the ways that you're going to learn how to be holy. From your parents and on the Sabbath, especially when you're reflecting on your origin and your destiny. Your parents are the ones who would have been given the law, and you're born into the world ignorant, and you need to learn the law. And especially the Sabbaths are for that kind of thing. Not that other six days aren't, but that's the, what's going on on the Sabbath day. And then, verse 4, do not turn to idols or make metal gods for yourselves. I am the Lord your God. Yahweh and God the Creator the ruler and creator, the covenantal God and the creator of all things. Interestingly, the, the, the uh, pagan religions of the world separate those. They might have a creator God who's distant, started things off and is now asleep or even dead. And the gods that are involved in the world are these finite deities who are, who are really just awful people. But here they're brought together. God covenant. Uh, covenanted with humans and upholds that and works in the lives of, in the history of humanity to redeem us. So right away, don't make idols, don't misrepresent God. So this, this very sentence in four has that juxtaposition of don't make idols. Why? Because I am the Lord your God. Don't worship anything else. When you sacrifice a fellowship offering to the Lord, sacrifice it in such a way they'll be accepted on your behalf. So here's a ceremonial aspect of the law, meaning for Christians, we don't longer bring sacrifices to the temple, but we do bring uh, in this way, but we, we do bring sacrifices in other ways, uh, but not in the sense of, sorry about that, not in the sense of uh, atonement that's been accomplished through Christ. and. So we have that question, what principle do we get from that? Well, when we think about coming before God, have we done it in a way that is acceptable in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ? 
So getting right away into sacrifices for, and the reality of the need for redemption after verse four, don't make idols. The truth is we have made idols. And so in verse five, getting into sacrifices. And it's interesting that this, the fellowship offering involves it being eaten on the day you sacrifice or the next day. So prefiguring the Lord's supper, this is my bread, you're eating of the sacrifice. And if you desecrate that, you'll be held responsible because you've desecrated what is holy to the Lord. And we're, we're warned also in, in 1 Corinthians to sit on judgment on ourselves before we come to the Lord's Supper to recognize our sin and our need for redemption. So you see the overlapping principle here that helps us get into Leviticus and helps us see what does it mean to be holy? We're called to be holy. And then when you reap the harvest of your land, do not reap the edges of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. Do not go over your vineyard a second time to pick up the grapes that have fallen. Leave them for the poor and the foreigner. I am the Lord your God. Holiness, it, it, this is like saying, love your neighbor. So if you wanted to, you could say four and five, teach us love God, both in knowing God and in the need for redemption. And then nine teaches us love our neighbor. This particular way probably doesn't apply to us. Most of us, maybe none of us are farmers, but it applies in terms of learning to be thoughtful about others and their needs. And you're thinking about the poor and the foreigner who really can't help you. So you're not doing it as a kind of exchange or agreement. You're doing it because you're thinking of how to love another. And then it gets into commandments we know. Don't Steal, do not steal, do not lie, do not deceive one another, do not swear falsely by my name and so profane the name of your your God. I am the Lord. Do not defraud or rob your neighbor. Do not hold back the wages of a hired worker overnight. Some more of these are, again, how to love your neighbor, applying the law to loving your neighbor. So later when we're told to love our neighbor, we're thinking about, yeah, how can I love another? How can I think about their needs? How can I keep the law with respect to them? So we have these ones about don't steal, don't lie, don't deceive. And then 12 reminds us of the third commandment. Do not take the Lord's name in vain. Treating the law lightly is taking the Lord's name in vain. Uh, Do not hold back wages of a hired worker. Do not curse the deaf or put a stumbling block in front of the blind, but fear God. Now, the first time that's used in this chapter, but this idea, you're fearing God. I am the Lord. This is the beginning of wisdom. I hope you start to see what a powerful chapter this is and how much is here. We're going over it in a, a short devotional, but I'm doing that in order to bring out how much there is for you to meditate on. Now, I have the fear of the Lord connected to holiness Do not pervert justice. Do not show partiality to the poor or favoritism to the great. So it's interesting. It names both. Some people show partiality to the poor. Others favoritism to the great. But you should learn to judge your neighbor fairly. Don't spread slander. Don't do anything that endangers your neighbor's life. I am the Lord. Love your neighbor. Do not hate fellow Israelites in your heart. Rebuke your neighbor frankly so you will not share in their guilt. If you need to, you rebuke them frankly. You're you're upright. You don't deceive them. Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. Sometimes it's said, well, that's the 
the uh, New Testament. Nope, here it is. And it's in Leviticus of all books where people may not expect to find it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Keep my decrees. And it's going to keep going, which will take us beyond our uh, devotional time. But again, each of these you can reflect on and think about all under the banner of be holy. Because I, the Lord your God, am holy. And how each of these is an application of the moral law, even when it's a ceremonial law, we saw how it anticipates things that are still true for Christians, like reflecting on the uh, Lord's Supper, just as they ate the sacrifice, so we eat the sacrifice. So there's this commonality here that's coming down to us through the ages, directing us to fear God and be holy. If you need to summarize the Christian life, you could do it that way.